you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. In this podcast, we're going to talk about Mike Lindell meeting the consequences of his actions when the FBI showed up at Hardy's and seized his phone. Why'd they take it exactly? It's a windy road. Let's talk about it. QAnon representative Dave Hayes, a.k.a. The Praying Medic, coming up with creative ways of justifying full-blown insurrection against the U.S. government. Pastor Andrew Womack claiming that he knows somebody who knows somebody who comes to school wearing a fursuit and uses a litter box at the front of the classroom. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email instead, the email address is telltalemailbag at gmail.com. This is Shane Vaughn. If you're unfamiliar, he's famously a leader of the Trump cult and what is now the Trump religion. A book just came out not too long ago by a guy named, I forget his name now, Hasgard Muller or something like that. Helgard Muller, sorry. Name is Helgard Muller. This book just came out by him. Title is Donald J. Trump, the Son of Man, the Christ. And it outlines a new theology for a brand new religion a Trump-centered religion, which basically names him as a messiah, right? So I'm going through the book and reading about it and figuring out how the theology works and started to realize that Shane Vaughn bought into this theology a long time ago. This is Shane Vaughn. He's a televangelist, and he's one of the leaders of the Trump religion. So listen to what he has to say here. This is him kind of outlining the Trump religion. This is a, a fundamental piece of the Trump religion that he's about to lay on us. I think this is from November 2021. Check it out. And he wrote down, wow. we are going, he wrote a course, to new Israel, new Israel, new Israel. He's talking about the founding fathers. And when they came off the ship, they didn't plant an American flag. They planted the Christian flag. That is where George Washington prayed, right? There's a chapel right outside the Twin Towers where George Washington, that picture of him praying by the horse, that's where it happened. That's where he dedicated our nation in covenant to God. If you will make us a great nation, deliver us from tyranny, then we will serve you. None of that's true. It's all completely fabricated. All of it from the Christian flag being planted on soil. Christian flag wasn't invented until like the late 1800s, I don't think. All the way to George Washington kneeling and praying where the Twin Towers fell. No, no, no to all of that. Literally all of it. It's it's all complete nonsense. But it outlines their theology. It, it outlines the theology of the Trump religion, which is... America is the new Israel. It's in a new covenant with Yahweh. He's about to tell us how that relates to Trump in the next clip. Listen to the next one. I don't remember when. This one is recent. I think August or September 2022. Listen to what he has to say here about Donald Trump. What is the prophetic seal that Yahweh placed upon Donald Trump and upon his, his true people? Prophetic seal that God placed upon Donald Trump and his prophetic people. Seriously, think about the words that just came out of his mouth. It is supernatural prosperity and blessings. Donald Trump carries the prophetic seal of the calling of God. He is Joseph. If you are anointed by Yahweh, 
for a specific plan and purpose. You are a Messiah. Yahshua was the Messiah of mankind, but Donald Trump is the Messiah of America. Because remember, America came into covenant with Yahweh the same way Israel came into covenant with Yahweh. Except George Washington was the one joining Yahweh and America into the covenant this time. And Donald Trump is the Messiah. As the book cover said, he's the son of man. So there are, let me just give you a little background into this. There are two different prophetic roles in the Bible. The son of man is described in the Old Testament, the book of Daniel, I think. The son of man is supposed to act as a cosmic judge that comes right before Armageddon, takes political control over the country of Israel, and then sparks Armageddon. That's the son of man's role, and, and acts as a cosmic judge to determine who goes to heaven and who goes to hell or whatever. Jesus said that he was the son of man. He said, I am the son of man. I will take control and all that stuff. That's why Christians claim Jesus is coming back. When he comes back, he will be here in the role of son of man. He already came in the role of son of God which is why he died for our sins and all that stuff. So Jesus comes here the first time as son of God, dies for your sins so you can be saved. He intended to come back as son of man. Well, the, the Trump religion now believes that Donald Trump is the son of man rather than Jesus. They think Jesus fulfilled his role as son of God to act as your savior. And now Donald Trump is the son of man to fulfill his role as a messiah to bring about cosmic judgment to mankind. That's what the Trump religion believes now. With all that background in mind, let's listen to our first voicemail. Hey, this is Alan from Indiana. Just wanted to get your opinion on what do you think would happen when Trump dies? I honestly think there's going to be somebody that comes up saying that they are Trump reborn or something like that. I uh, just want to get your opinion. Yeah, I appreciate that that voicemail. There absolutely will be somebody who, who makes that claim. They're Trump reborn or whatever. The question is how many people are going to believe it? Like, there's obviously a religion built up around Donald Trump now. So either they could claim that Trump is reborn. Somebody comes up out of the woodwork and says they are Donald Trump reborn. Or they could claim that Donald Trump fulfilled his purpose as the son of man and kicked things into motion. And I don't know. Now they're just sitting around waiting or something. I don't know. I don't know how things are going to play out exactly, but I can tell you this. It's certainly going to be interesting. The guy is very obviously, most definitely a religious figure now, a messiah in this new religion of Trumpism. It's no longer Christianity. It's not Judaism. It's not Islam. It's Trumpism. It is a, an entirely new religion. It, it absolutely blows my mind that we have come here as a country. Insane. What happened to all that warning about false prophets and, and the Antichrist being worshipped as a substitute for Jesus? Did people just forget about all that? It, it's nuts to me that people are actually worshipping Donald Trump as a new messiah, full-blown messiah. Blows me away. Hey, Owen, Joel from Minnesota again. I wanted to mention that Robin Bullock's been suspended from YouTube uh, 
I've been reporting and reporting his nonsense, and they finally put a stop to it. Unfortunately, not forever, but his channel is scrubbed, both his regular channel and his church and international channel. And who knows if he'll come back, but right now his videos are gone. Thanks. Bye. That's fantastic news. Although, sadly, Robin Bullock's channel was reinstated or restored or whatever else. Robin Bullock is another person that is a member of the Trump religion and the Trump cult. Uh, True believer. Let me just give you an example. This is a video of Robin Bullock absolutely losing his mind at the fact that people called him a false prophet because he prophesied that Donald Trump would be president again. Remember... This guy is a leader in the Trump cult, in the Trump religion. And this is an example of Robin Bullock losing his mind at people criticizing him because Trump didn't win the election. Even if he did secretly win the election, it was stolen. Why wasn't that the prophecy? Why wasn't it the prophecy that Donald Trump would win, but it would be stolen and blah, blah, blah? No, he said Trump will be the president in 2020 to 2024. He'll win and he will be in the White House the entire time. Listen to Bullock's reaction to being criticized for his prophecy. Apologize. Go ahead and apologize. Well, no. How about that? Just so you can hear me again. No. Because you are wrong. If this had no meaning to it and no prophet standing speaking today was, if they were all wrong, why don't it go away? How come it hasn't ever faded away? How come it's still a fight? It is only a fight in this guy's head. There is a new president that was inaugurated and has been president for years now, and this guy cannot give up on it. There is no fight. There is no debate. This guy just cannot give up the fact that he was wrong. If it was wrong and it wasn't true, then why are we still debating all of this? Nobody's debating anything. This guy is just obsessed with the fact that he is a false prophet. Folks, it would have already passed. You keep your doctrines. You keep your doctrines. But I'll tell you what, you are going to answer for trying to regulate the Lord's prophets. Oh, I'm shaking in my boots. You, with your big educations, you're going to answer for trying to regulate a prophet of the Lord and telling a prophet of the Lord that what God said is not true, but what you said is true. You're in trouble. You're in trouble now. Just so deeply cringy. Look, I'm not saying that what God said isn't true, but what I said is true. What I'm saying is what you said isn't true, Robin. What he said is verifiably false. What he said was wrong. He claimed God told him something. That thing did not come to pass. That is how I know he is a false prophet. I'm following what the Bible instructs here, okay? And this guy is one of the cringiest people alive. Aside from the fact that he's one of the cringiest people alive, he is also a vector of vaccine misinformation and election misinformation and every bit of information you can possibly imagine, he spreads it. On YouTube, which is directly 
and explicitly banned by the terms of service. You're not allowed to spread vaccine misinformation or, or election misinformation or a number of other things. A whole bunch of stuff that you're not allowed to do. You're also not allowed to call other people demons or dogs or animals of various different sorts. He does it. He does it all. He violates the terms of service on YouTube on a regular basis and somehow gets away with it. This caller said his YouTube channel was temporarily removed. Well, it's back now. And unfortunately, he's continuing to this day to violate the terms of service and face no consequences for it. I have to follow the terms of service on YouTube. And it's a real pain in the ass sometimes. Believe me. I've had like seven channel strikes in the past few months, all of which were repealed because I don't violate the terms of service. But it's, it's stressful having to go through all of this and follow the rules. Why is it that this, this dude is capable of saying absolutely anything and not facing consequences, but deeply bothers me. Anyway, I appreciate the voicemail. It's pretty interesting. Hopefully we can get his channel taken down. If you notice specific videos with specific contents that violate the terms of service, then report it on his channel. I don't want anyone to go mass reporting him for absolutely nothing. Make sure there is valid reason. But uh, yeah, his channel should not be up at this point. Hey, Owen, this is Chris from Maryland. I'm a really big fan of your content. Um, and I had a similar upbringing to you uh, coming from an evangelical family. Uh, but anyway, I actually had a question that was not so much related to your um, YouTube content or your live stream content or whatever. I'm actually really curious about what kind of uh, recording uh, hardware and software and stuff like that that you use. So I don't know if there's anybody, any other nerds out there like me who are interested in things like that, but some of us might find that pretty interesting. So thanks a lot for everything you do, man. Uh, bye. Yeah, I appreciate it. Interesting question. Uh, I started out with just a regular piece of shit webcam that I hooked up, like a USB webcam, and I was using that originally. Uh, eventually, I got an EOS rebel t6i camera like a canon camera that i set up on a tripod and i record i have to restart the recording every 30 minutes because it's a dslr which means it has a little it's it's intended for photography not for video recording though it does do video too so i started using that for video recording while live streaming independently of the stream eventually i got a Canon EOS 90D, which is capable of 4K video and 29.9 FPS. That's a fantastic camera. In fact, that's what you're looking at right now. And then eventually I got, not the live stream people. The, the live stream people are watching something different. But when this goes live, they'll see the 90D. And eventually I got a stationary camcorder so camcorders are really really expensive they can be like three grand for a decent camcorder but if you get a stationary one that is not intended to move from place to place one that connects to like hdmi and stuff it's like half the price so i bought one for 800 forever ago that does 1080p i forget what the name of the i forget the brand now let me just look out of curiosity yeah, it's a uh, Prisual PTZ camera, P-R-I-S-U-A-L, Prisual PTZ camera, 1080p. 
it's a live streaming camera and it supports like wall mounts and stuff. Like I said, it I think it was 800 when I bought it or something like that. And it's a decent camera. That's the one that the live stream audience watches. If you're not watching the live stream actively, then you're not seeing that camera. But I actually just purchased a new one that does 4K and it's also a stationary webcam. This is an Avkins, A-V-K-A-N-S, 4K PTZ camera. Uh, again, it's stationary, so that'll be useful. I'll have that next week, so that'll be pretty interesting. Anyway, oh, and I use a Shure SM7B mic with a Focusrite Scarlett Solo audio interface. Yeah, I actually have two of these XLR Shure SM7Bs because one of them is broken i had to buy a new one recently so anyway it works it just sounds cloudy and bad so anyway yeah that's my equipment thank you so much for asking i thought it was pretty interesting hey this is andrew from saskatchewan canada again uh, you said the niv biops version of the bible is the least accurate but most readable by um by humans niv is not the least accurate niv is plenty accurate actually uh and it's also readable very readable by humans that's what i appreciate about it if you get to pick like what's the, the most accurate translation of the bible what would it be thank you very much really love what you do i appreciate that well it would depend because you know there are like a billion different words that you can use in any context so leviticus seventeen ten is the verse i think that jehovah's witnesses use to justify not taking blood transfusions right and the word there that is used in the Bible is something like do not eat blood, right? But depending on what you want that verse to imply, you could use all kinds of different words. You could use don't devour the blood, don't take the blood into your body. I mean, you can use any different set of phrases or terms based on what you think the Bible wants you or the message you think the bible is trying to communicate to you uh, within reason you can use all kinds of different types of words there are some bibles i've found that completely insert words that do not belong there at all like the amp version of the bible the amplified version that's a version that the flashpoint people use flashpoint uh that tv show on the victory network run by kenneth copeland they use the amp uh, and it, it is very much, it has like a right-wing slant to it. It's a terrible Bible. That's probably the least accurate version I've seen so far. But Bart Ehrman uses, he contributed in a translation of a Bible. I think it's the NSRV is the version that he contributed to. And he tends to use that one a lot. And I trust his judgment on all things biblical. So I would suggest the NSRV. Yeah, new new revised standard version is what it's called. That's the one. Uh, I would recommend that one. But like I said, NIV is fine. NIV has no issues at all. It's just it's more human readable. King James does have issues though. I would not recommend King James version at all. It's terrible. It's the it, I would say King James is one of the least accurate translations, not the most, but one of them. Hi, I'm Gabrielle from Virginia. You often mention that you're a wanted Jehovah's Witness. Would it be possible if you could explain why you're kicked out and how you cope with possible rejection by friends and family? I'm pretty sure it's really hard for you. 
Yeah, I appreciate the voicemail. Yeah, it, it, it sucked. It was not fun at all. I was homeschooled when I was a teenager from, I don't know, maybe 12 to 16. I was homeschooled, isolated from society completely. It was very, very bad for me psychologically. I do not believe homeschooling is good for anybody. Anyway, after I went back to school, I had no human contact for four years. Zero. Except for my parents, who both had bipolar disorder and were train wrecks in their personal lives. Uh, and as a result, I just had no social skills whatsoever. So I go back to school and I start making friends for the first time. And the more friends I made, the more ostracized I was from the congregation because you're not supposed to be friends with outsiders. So eventually uh, it came to the point where I was hanging out with people and I went to some parties in high school just to get to know the people and hang out or whatever. And I smoked a cigarette there. That, that was enough right there to get me disfellowshipped. At the time, I also had a girlfriend who I was not doing anything really, really wrong with in Jehovah's Witnesses' eyes. I just, I was dating her. That was probably enough to get me disfellowshipped, what we did do, which is kiss and whatever. Yeah, I also drank some alcohol at that party. So I was just kind of living my life learning what it was like to be a human being outside of the Jehovah's Witness religion. And those few little things are really what kicked it over the edge and got me disfellowshipped. I left when I was 18 and crawled in the window of this girl I knew from school and lived in her bedroom for three weeks, and it was miserable. Didn't talk to my mom for a long time after that or anybody in my family. They ostracized me completely. It was rough. But I made it. It is possible to make it through, and I would never go back. I wouldn't make a, another decision differently. It was the best decision I ever made to leave. Hello, Owen. This is um, Ron of Tennessee again. I was wondering, um, have you ever heard of um, Bo of the Fifth Column? He reminded me of an article I read a long time ago where Trump said that um, the Republican Party, he would like to join it because it's the most easy to manipulate. And both the fifth column said that Trump spent kind of years being an independent, being a Democrat. And then he finally found the Republican Party because it was the easiest to manipulate. I wonder if you ever heard of that. Again, I love your show. And um, I like and I love what you're doing. Keep up the good work and um, take care. Hi. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, I do know Bo the Fifth Column. Not personally. I know of his channel. And I love his channel, honestly. He's fantastic. Love the dude to death. Now, I did not hear about that article. Uh, and it doesn't surprise me to hear that Donald Trump was moving from party to party. I mean, I know Trump kind of believed in the some Democrat positions. Like, he was pro-choice for years, uh, up until, like, age 62 or something like that. So, yeah, I, I know that Trump moved from, like, political position to political position, whichever was most convenient in the moment, it seems to me. And it wouldn't surprise me to hear that, that the reason that he had for doing that was because the Republicans are easier to manipulate. That definitely makes sense. You know, they've already spent years stripping their skepticism away. Naturally, it'd be a lot easier to take advantage of them, unfortunately. Um, and we see a billion examples of them being taken advantage of right now. I'm in this private Donald Trump Telegram channel, 250,000 subbies on it. And I, 
not just this channel either. I'm in some QAnon ones and like Stu Peters, Praying Medic. I'm seeing them all over the place. These messages that are being posted that look like they're from Donald Trump and they're like promoting these golden ticket things, this scam. $300 for a, a golden ticket. It's just a piece of gold colored foil that you get in the mail and it's supposed to be like a lottery ticket. Each one, every five tickets pays out between a thousand and like a hundred thousand dollars. The average is supposed to be twenty five hundred. It's all made up. None of it's real. None of it. But people are are spending three hundred dollars on these gold colored tickets that they think are coming from Trump when they're not. Trump's golden ticket broke all records. More than two million tickets sold on the first day. Unfortunately, these are these are the last ten hours. Only 150 tickets left. This is the last time you'll be able to order them. I personally ordered 70 for me and my family. Once you become a premium member, having these ticket, having this ticket, I'm sorry, it doesn't say these, it says this, you will understand what I'm talking about. They stripped all skepticism from these people and then fleeced them for every penny that they own. Of course Trump went for the Republican Party. Of course they were easier to sucker. It is the most disgusting, what's the word I'm looking for here? The most disgusting, depraved. That's the word I was looking for. The most disgusting, depraved con I've seen in a long time. And the Republican Party is the perfect one to fall for it. Honestly sad. There is a scammer going through my comment section. David Pakman's dealing with this. A whole bunch of other people are dealing with this, okay? There are scammers in the comment sections of many YouTubers' comments right now or videos right now. They're telling you that, you know, you're a super fan and if you message me on Telegram or on whatever, any other thing, if you message them there, then we can talk and eventually, middle, 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 it ends up coming to the point where they want money from you and yeah it's just a scam to get money out of people do not fall for it i have a verified badge on my channel so my my name is highlighted my name is owen morgan parentheses telltale or telltale fireside chat or whatever if you don't see my name highlighted in the comment section it's not me sending the message okay so just keep a lookout for scammers it's a real problem 99% of people don't fall for scams in general, but 1% of people do. And that's kind of the whole idea behind it. Just kind of get the odd person who hasn't really been around YouTube very much and doesn't know about verified badges or doesn't see through the grift or whatever. So just keep a lookout. Make sure you don't fall for any scams. I've been trying to block and ban and erase messages like that for a while, but I can only get so many of them, you know? They, like, somebody went through the trouble of setting up an account with, with my name and my logo and everything for Telegram. It's insane. Who has the time to sit down and do this shit? I guess people just trying to scam other people's fans out of money. Just messed up, man. I heard David Pakman was having this issue, and I was like, weird. I, I wonder why I haven't had this issue. I saw a sign near a near a gay area last night that read Bishop T.D. Jakes is an S predator. Interesting. I don't know if that's true. I know T.D. Jakes, I think he's Catholic, right? He's made a lot of enemies 
in evangelical and far right circles, primarily for his takes on he's he's like a televangelist, but he has very different takes on Christian nationalism than a lot of other evangelical people. Listen to what he has to say about Christian nationalism in this video he put out. The church bought into the myth that this was a Christian nation. <laughs> and once you get past that, which a lot of people are going to criticize me because they're still going to think it's a Christian nation, which is a whole different show. Mm -hmm. But once you begin to understand that democracy and, and that a republic actually is designed to be an overarching system to protect our unique nuances, then we no longer look for public policy to reflect biblical ethics. If we can divide or what you would call separation of church and state, yeah. then we can dwell together more effectively. Because atheists, agnostics, uh, Jews, all types of people, Muslims pay into the government, the government then cannot reflect one particular view over another just because we are the dominant group of religious people in the country because those numbers are changing every day. We need a neutralized government that protects our right to disagree with one another and agree with one another. Perfect articulation of social contract theory. This guy understands exactly why we shouldn't encourage one religion over another. Why we shouldn't give special tax exemptions or special privileges to one religion over another. And no religion should be involved in government to any degree whatsoever. It's a perfect articulation. And for that reason, this guy is deeply hated by the evangelical right. Now, I got a super chat a minute ago from Chris McDaniel. It says, I saw a sign near a gay area last night that said... Bishop T.D. Jakes is an S predator. I don't know if that's true, and I err on the side of skepticism until there's some hard evidence, some hard basis to believe it. That includes the criticism or the accusation against Kenneth Copeland. Somebody, a, a woman, accused Kenneth Copeland of trafficking her. Seriously. So anyone that I'm naming bought me from Derek and did stuff to me so if i'm naming the only person i have named that didn't do stuff but i saw him at parties was joel olstein he never did anything to me but i did see him i can tell you since i've started speaking out more women have come forward i named kenneth copeland and another brave soul she's like listen i want to come forward will you share my post and it people went in and attacked her on her post for coming forward. I'm like, you're mad. You all said no one else is coming forward. And now when the women do come forward and say, this happened to me, I have the evidence. And then you're going to go attack them because you maybe were fooled by these pastors. And the same thing with Tyler Perry, Greg Laurie, Rick Warren, all of these pastors trafficked me and we put them on a pedestal and made them gods. You are bringing up you know some major names here i mean even billy graham okay i mean i say a million times over there these cannot like billy graham and the ones that have trafficked and done things to me and that are doing it now and even when i've done these extractions i'm like they have a demon inside them i talked about it one time and made sure everybody listening understood that i was skeptical of that claim because there's no hard evidence of it yes this woman knew these people at the time it was around them at the time but it was circumstantial and there has been no investigation or charges of any sort coming from her claims so i'm skeptical automatically of those types of claims no matter who it is whether it's td jakes or kenneth copeland or anybody at all 
I just need evidence, a little bit of evidence, hard evidence before I believe any of this. Political or religious ideology does not matter to me. I just don't, I, I want to believe as many true things and as few false things as possible, even if those things relate to people who are absolutely terrible. I don't want to believe something that's false. So anyway, thank you so much for the super chat. Next, we're going to talk about Mike Lindell meeting the consequences of his own actions when the FBI showed up at a Hardee's and seized his phone. Why'd they take it exactly? It's a windy road. Let's talk about it. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. Mike Lindell had his phone seized by the FBI. Now, I figure my two cents on this issue will revolve around exactly why he had his phone seized in the first place and how he's reacting to it. So let's take a look at his announcement video about having his phone seized and see what he had to say. Mid-September 2022. Today, the FBI... Uh, you're going to hear this, and you're probably already hearing it in the news. The FBI came after me and took my phone. They surrounded me at a Hardee's and uh, took my phone. That I run all my business, everything with. Um, um, they could have just, what we've done is weaponize the FBI. Um, it's disgusting. I don't have a computer. Everything I do have that phone. Everything. Well, that sounds kind of like a you problem. You know, I have very little sympathy for this guy. Let me tell you why he had his phone seized, okay? There's a woman named Tina Peters. This is her right here on screen. She was a Mesa County, Colorado clerk that handled some voting-related stuff, handled the voting machine things or whatever, and she leaked private voter information, private voter data, to Mike Lindell after the 2020 election. As a result, Tina Peters has been charged with seven felonies, seven felonies. And there's been an investigation on Tina Peters for a while now, and we're gonna get into all of that in a second. We'll cover it all in a second, but I wanted to give you a little bit of background on it. So apparently the reason that Mike Lindell had his phone seized by the FBI was because of his dealings with Tina Peters, basically, and the investigation into her. Keep listening. Everything I do up that phone, everything was on there, and uh, um, and they told me not to tell anybody. Here's an order: not to don't tell anybody. Okay, I won't. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. I've never heard of the FBI ever ordering anybody not to tell anyone that they seized their property. I've never heard of that before. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm not a lawyer. It's just very suspect and. If there's one thing I've learned about Mike Lindell, it's to not trust a word out of the guy's mouth. So I'm very skeptical here. Buddy, okay, I won't. <laughs> well, I am. So there you go. Yeah, what, how could they possibly enforce that? Don't tell anybody. And he obviously blew the lid right off of that. So what, what are the consequences now? Are they going to arrest him? I can't imagine the FBI told him not to tell anyone. So anyway, who is Tina Peters exactly? 
Let's talk about it. Like I said, she was a Mesa County clerk back in 2020 who leaked private voter data to Lindell. She got herself in some hot water over that, was being investigated. And while being investigated, she ran for Secretary of State. She was running for Secretary of State, which is an even higher position and controls the elections in an even more broad way. So it would honestly be completely disastrous if she won. Now, she lost. She did lose that election, but I think she got like 6% of the vote or something. But watch this clip. This is from NBC News, I think, and they were talking about the whole thing, about her running and, and all of it. Listen to this. April 6, 2022. For Republican Mesa County Clerk Tina Peters, she faces felony charges accused of tampering with her county's election equipment. She also has to answer to an ethics complaint, accusing her of accepting more money in gifts for her legal defense than an elected leader is allowed by the state constitution. Support for Peters comes in the form of the pillow guy. Mr. Lindell, how much have you raised for Tina Peters' legal defense fund? I, I, I just put all the money in myself. How much so, is that? I don't know. I probably put in three, four, five, maybe eight hundred thousand of my own money. Holy dude, that is so much money. Eight hundred grand into her legal defense fund. That is insane. It makes sense because, you know, the voter data that he had came from Tina Peters. So unless you're a close friend or family member of an elected leader, you're limited in how much you can gift. You can only give someone a gift of sixty five dollars per calendar year. Uh-oh. Sounds like Lindell just dug a hole for himself, right? And Peters did. They came up and asked Lindell, how much did you gift to Tina Peters? And he said, all of it. Oh, God. Jane Feldman was once executive director of the Independent Ethics Commission. Now she's part of the legal team in the ethics complaint against Peters. And if Peters receives more than she's allowed, she could be fined twice the amount. So if Lindell really gave her $800,000 to pay for her legal defense, the fine could be expensive. That's $1.6 million. Ouch. Oh, that's painful. God, they can't help themselves to save their own lives, can they? They cannot just keep their mouths shut. They have to talk to the media and scream about being persecuted and all kinds of other nonsense, don't they? Jesus. But there is wiggle room if Lindell is a close friend. Except listen to how he answered a question about flying Peters around on his personal plane last year. I give rides from people all over the country. I had never met Tina Peters. That's what the plane ride you're talking about. She came to the cyber support with a group from Colorado. I picked people up. I invited all 50 states. All 50 states were represented. Just keep digging that hole, Mike. Keep digging that hole. There's your answer. Another stupid question by a stupid journalist. God, I love it how he is wrecking his reputation and his chance of digging himself out of possible serious legal jeopardy or serious fines. And he's calling a reporter an idiot while doing so. I just eat this up, dude. Journalist. But here's why it's not a stupid question. If you had just met her, you weren't a close friend of hers. I just met her that day. Another dumb question. If he... God, I love everything about it, man. I am eating this up. He just dug himself a deep, deep hole and is calling people around him idiots as he does it. Question. If he said he had just met her and they had no prior relationship, it's very hard to argue that he was a personal friend. So anyways, that's who Tina Peters is, and that's her relationship with Mike Lindell. 
I guess I, I guess they don't really have much of a relationship outside of her breaking the law for him and then him paying for her legal defense after getting caught. She actually got arrested recently, early March 2022. She got arrested on those seven felony charges for stealing voter data and all that stuff. I mean, I played this last week when I talked about Tina Peters, but I just find something about this deeply consoling and enjoyable to watch somebody who flagrantly broke the law and violated people's rights to get arrested. I just love it. I eat it up. I enjoy it so much. So we're going to sit here and watch it again. Yell a little bit louder, Tina. Maybe it'll work next time. That's a resisting arrest. Is she facing a charge for resisting arrest by trying to kick the cops? Of course not, because she's a white woman in power. You know, the real travesty is those boots that the cop is wearing. Anyway, point is, she was arrested not too long ago. And the whole Tina Peters thing, that is the reason why Lindell's phone was seized by the FBI, because of this investigation evolving into what it is now, basically. She eventually went to jail, spent the night, and then went on Steve Bannon's show to cry about how badly she was treated in the jail. Ugh. She had to eat the most disgusting food, and she had to sit on the most paper-thin mattress and didn't even get a pillow. She didn't give a shit about prisoners' rights before. In fact, I, I'd venture as far as to say she doesn't give a shit now. What she cared about was how comfortable she was when she was in there. Anyway, that's, that's neither here nor there. The point is, Lindell is wrapped up in all of this, and that's why they seized his phone. So, watch this. Mid-September 2022, this is Lindell's reaction to having his phone taken. He went up on Steve Bannon's show to talk about it. Listen to this. Going to be with the uh, the at the president, our real president's rally in Ohio on Saturday. I'm going to speak there about this. We go now. We have a unique opportunity, everybody, to spread the word, get the word out. Maybe, maybe Steve, that just once that the media would go, um, hey, Mike, why why did they do this to you? No, we know why they did it to you. We know exactly why they did it. Because you stole private voter data. Tina Peters stole private voter data for you. We know what's happening here. Mike, why, why did they do this to you? Uh, could it be because I have all the evidence and because I want to get rid of voting machines and electronic computers in our elections? So persecuted, right? This Billy, or I'm sorry. No, I found out recently he's not a billionaire. I thought he was. He's a millionaire. He's got, what, three to $600 million, I think. I don't know where I got the idea he was a full-blown billionaire. But anyway, dude's a multi-millionaire, 100 millionaire. 
and he's the persecuted one. Absurd. Absurd from the ground up. I mean, there's a reason they're doing this. I didn't do anything wrong. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He took private voter data. That's wrong. That's illegal. And people are paying the price for it. They needed his phone. He's lucky they didn't arrest him. They needed his phone to aid in this investigation. And so they took it legally. It was completely 100% legal. Uh, Something that wasn't included in the original like message or whatever mike lindell actually refused to give his phone to the fbi when they wanted to take it they pulled him over at a hardy's or whatever told him to give him the phone and he said are you going to arrest me i'm not giving you anything and they said we're not going to arrest you but we're going to take the phone i assume if he refused to give the phone just flat out didn't do it they would have put him in handcuffs searched him for the phone taken it and then removed the handcuffs. I'm assuming that's probably how it would have gone. He ended up calling his attorney. They allowed him to call the attorney, and his attorney advised him to give them the cell phone. So he did eventually give him the phone. Uh, he didn't have an option. They were going to take it one way or another. So anyway. I mean, there's a reason they're doing this. I this, didn't do anything wrong. And, 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 and he, uh, no, no, here, he, no, of course you did, but here's the beauty of Yes, he did. Yes, he did actually do things wrong. The fact that he doesn't even realize that he's done anything wrong, I mean, does he not realize, really? He really doesn't realize what he's done so far. Is deeply disturbing to me. How does he not know what he's done so far is wrong, illegal? Does he really believe that this is persecution? I think with, with some people, some of the cases... Like with Bannon, I think Bannon knows exactly what's going on and he's doing it intentionally. All all the lies that he's telling are intentional and calculated. I don't believe for a second that Bannon is a useful idiot or, or some gullible sucker who fell into this trap of believing that Trump really did win the election and all that. I don't believe that for a second. I think Bannon knows exactly what's going on. But Lindell? I think Mike Lindell is a true believer. I really do. I think there are definitely some mental issues happening here with Lindell. And people like Bannon and others are taking advantage of that mental illness, unfortunately. He didn't stop there. He's been doing a whole media tour. He's using this opportunity of the FBI taking his phone. He's been turning it into a megaphone, effectively, and screaming from the hilltops all kinds of stuff. So listen to what he says next. Again, mid-September 2022, goes out on Bannon, and he has a whole plan to get this phone back. Some of the best lawyers in the country, Alan Dershowitz, um, Andrew Parker, Kurt Olson, amongst others, what can we do with what happened on, on uh, with this uh, seizure of my phone? They say FBI corruption, and uh, we are suing. As you're hearing it here first, everybody, we're suing the United States government and the FBI. Great, great. File as many lawsuits as you want. I'm perfectly fine with that. I couldn't possibly care less. And this isn't just to get the phone back. This is this is uh, my first, fourth, and fifth amendment rights were broken in the constitutional right. And uh, now the, the okay, the first which ones did he say? The First Amendment is freedom of speech. He's allowed to say whatever he wants without being censored. Now, I hear you asking, how is the FBI seizing a cell phone from somebody a violation of his First Amendment rights? The answer is he believes that this was political retaliation against him for saying things that they don't like. In reality, the FBI heavily leans right wing first of all it's run by somebody who donald trump appointed christopher ray and it has absolutely nothing to do 
with what he's said. It was actually related to the Tina Peters case. That's why they took the phone. So First Amendment right violation, that's completely wrong. It's out the window. What was the other? Rights were broken up the eye. And this isn't just to get the phone back. This is this is uh, my first, fourth, and fifth amendment. Okay, the fourth amendment right is the right against unreasonable search and seizure, which means he has the right to not have something taken from him or, or not have his person searched or his home or, or car or whatever else searched unless there's good reason. There was good reason. There's a Tina Peters investigation going on right now where she passed private voter data to this guy. So that's co- simply wrong also. There was probable cause. There was reason for them. There's enough reason for them to search him that a judge was willing to sign off on a search warrant. This wasn't even probable cause. The FBI went through the process of going through the courts and everything. So it wasn't a First Amendment violation, wasn't a Fourth Amendment violation, and then the last one he said was Fifth Amendment, I believe. This is uh, my first, fourth, and Fifth Amendment rights were... Fifth Amendment is the right against self-incrimination in a court of law. So if you're under oath and you are testifying in a court of law, you have the right to plead the Fifth Amendment. You don't have to. If you're asked a question on the stand and the answer to that question would put you in legal jeopardy, you don't have to answer the question. You can say, I plead the Fifth Amendment. I don't want to answer that question or I can't answer that question. And it can't be held against you. It can't. Your, your guilt cannot be assumed from it or anything in a court of law. That's how that works. So First Amendment, Fourth Amendment, and Fifth Amendment rights were not, by any stretch of the imagination, violated for Mike Lindell. He is completely full of it, as if we didn't already know that. Broken in the constitutional right, and uh, this is this needs to be go everywhere. We're not going to put up with this. We're not going to be the Gestapo like in uh, Nazi Germany. Steve, this is... Uh, we're being proactive. I was on the phone with these attorneys. I said, no, I want to sue. What What can we do? We got all the lawyers on the phone. They looked up all these statutes. We're going to go to places where no man has gone before. This will set a precedent. This has to stop. Nobody gets to bash people's door down and you get 40 seconds to answer your door. Nobody gets to corner and take a phone away of a private citizen, their company phone, so they uh, and their hearing aids, everything else. It, everything I had was in that phone of all these businesses. My His hearing aids were in the phone? What? He, he Does he even wear hearing aids? What's he talking about here? Look, I understand that's very frustrating. I would I would be lost without my phone. I would be a mess, dude. Oh, my God. What? How would I even handle that? Because I, I have so much connected to my phone, including, like, my logins for all of my stuff and everything. But, you know, I've never actually worried about the FBI, like, seizing my phone because I've never broken federal laws that would warrant them seizing my phone. I am a political commentator. I come out here and talk about politics all the time. And I'm, I've been doing it since the Trump years. I'm 100% sure I've said things that the government doesn't like up to now. The government so far is not acting on political dissidents in the United States. I can see a time when that happens at some point in 10, 15, 20 years, maybe, if things keep devolving into fascism the way that they are right now. We aren't even close to that. Mike is just desperately trying to blame anybody but himself 
for his mistakes. He refuses to accept responsibility for the mistakes that he's made, for the laws that he has violated, for the rights that he has taken away from others. He wants to complain about the FBI taking away his or violating his first, fourth, and fifth amendment rights. They didn't, but Mike did violate other people's rights, their right to privacy, by stealing private voter data and broadcasting it all over his website. This guy has no self-awareness and it's disgusting. One of all these businesses, my pillow, my store, Frank speech, uh, passwords to be able to do money wires that I can't do right now. Those aren't in any cloud. I mean, this has got to stop, Steve, and we're going to... Well, first of all, that's your fault that you didn't have any kind of backup to this stuff. And second of all, it's your fault because you broke federal laws and stole private data. You should have backed your stuff up, and you shouldn't have violated people's rights so flagrantly. I mean, the dude has been on a media tour lately. Now, this is this clip is from Lindell TV, his TV network or news network or whatever you want to call it, the Lindell Report. And he's just losing his mind at the fact that they took his phone. Look, I get it. I'd be upset over it too. But he has no one to blame but himself. Listen to what he said on his uh, Lindell TV show here. Well, anyway, what have we become as a nation when you got, like I told him, like my pillow, you know, employee-owned, and, all, and uh, they get attacked and have to sit and worry about. Wait, employee owned my pillow? Is it a worker co-op? I thought it was. It's an incorporated company. 2009, 2004 to 09, they were sold through Lindell's Night Moves, Minnesota LLC. Okay, so it was an LLC up until recently. It's not a worker co-op. It's not employee owned at all. What What is he even talking about? It's Mike Lindell owned. Is it a publicly traded company? No, it's a privately owned company and it's owned by Mike Lindell as far as I can tell. It's not employee owned. See, this is another example of Mike Lindell trying to paint everybody else as the victim. If you don't care about me, then maybe you should care about the employees. He's trying to paint as many victims as he possibly can when he was the one victimizing other people. That's why we are here. You can't steal people's information and use it for nefarious purposes and then cry when you face consequences for your own actions. Owned and all, and uh, they get attacked and have to sit and worry about billion. Talking about the employees. Have to sit and worry about billion dollar lawsuits, you know. They go home, they have families to feed. They're Democrats, liberals, Republicans, conservatives, um, Hispanic, black, Asian, white. We're all like one big family. And he goes, well, how do your employees take that? I mean, how are they taking it? I said, we're trying to get by. We've lost hundreds of millions of dollars because of cancel culture and new media. No, no, they've actually lost hundreds of millions of dollars because Mike Lindell has burned every bridge that he has by spreading as many conspiracy theories as he possibly can and by stealing private voter data, by flagrantly violating the law consistently. The, every part of this is Mike Lindell's fault. Every part. But he wants to paint himself as the victim, as he victimizes other people. So culture and you media people attacking, and you attack people that you attack people. So even judges are afraid to make a ruling. They kick things down the thing to standing. This horrible thing called standing. 
They just kicked the can for standing. Oh, my God, I love it. He's criticizing standing now. If you're unfamiliar, standing is a legal concept that's existed since, what, the 1400s at least. The idea is the person that was injured by something is the person that has to file the lawsuit, basically, or they have to be involved or they have to be named in the lawsuit. So you get a can of Starkist tuna and you discover that the, the can of tuna is completely empty. Like, there's no tuna in there. You bought this can of tuna, and it, it it's just gone. There's nothing in it. I didn't buy that can of tuna. I didn't spend my money on that tuna, so I can't sue Starkist for selling empty cans of tuna. The person who purchased the empty can of Starkist tuna is the person that has to file the lawsuit, or the person who has to be involved in the lawsuit or, or whatever, like a lawyer can file for them. That's what standing is. If you aren't injured by something, if you, if you aren't the one receiving remedy or restitution or whatever, then you can't file the lawsuit. That's what standing is. So Mike Lindell is criticizing the, the concept of standing. The, the concept of standing is foundational to our court system. It would be very different from what it is if standing didn't exist in ways you wouldn't even expect. It affects our legal system in ways you wouldn't even expect. It's deeply ingrained in the legal system and it, it goes all the way back to like England in the 15, 1400s or something like that. I don't even know how old it is now. Well, Mike Lindell is just losing his mind over the concept of standing because he wants to sue all machines, right? You guys remember him saying he wants to sue machines? It's a meme at this point. We're doing, I've been working on it five months, and we're doing a class action. You know, actually, I'm announcing it here. I announced it on my program. Well, announce it already. I mean, I'll watch frankspeech.com. Oh, he's got to give that plug. Keep watching. <laughs> um, the, um, but it's a class action lawsuit against all machines. So the question is, who was injured by these machines? Who has standing to actually sue these machines? I mean, can you even sue machines? There is some legal precedent for the idea that you can sue inanimate objects, like civil forfeiture, where police basically just take money that you have in your pocket and put it in their pocket. That, that process of civil forfeiture is basically like uh, to receive the money back, you basically have to sue the money. So there's some kind of a weird thing with it. Anyway, the concept of suing inanimate objects isn't unheard of, but you have to have standing to be able to sue something like that or anybody at all. That's what standing is. And this guy is so upset at the concept of standing because who the hell is injured by machines like this that he's losing his mind over standing for like nonsensically this horrible thing called standing they just kicked the can for standing but god he's ridiculous everything about this guy is just ridiculous but other cases they're pushing through that are so corrupt and so evil like going after a gal that just does her yeah, anyway, <laughs> that's Mike Lindell, dude. Th I'm sorry, man. Th this is 100% his doing, his fault from top to bottom. All the way down the, the line, he made every bit of this happen. I know that it must suck to lose your phone. Like, I, I'd be in bad shape if I lost my phone. Because, you know, trying to run a business and all that stuff, I'd be in bad shape, man. But uh, you know whose fault that is? Yours. It's your fault. Not Tina Peters. 
Not not Owen Morgan's, not Donald Trump's, not Joe Biden's. Take some responsibility for your actions. I mean, you are in the party of personal responsibility, right? Take some responsibility, Mike. If you disagree with anything I've said, let me know in the comments or on Twitter at Telltale Atheist. Polly Esther Shellfish, the fifth, also includes the right to due process and protection from double jeopardy. Right. I appreciate you mentioning that. I completely forgot about that. Some courts have even ruled your cell phone password is covered by the fifth and you can't be compelled to provide it. That's true. But if they get into the phone without the password, then, you know, it is within legal limits, I believe, which, you know, it's debatable whether that should be allowed or not. But either way, like I said, Mike made every part of this happen and his first, fourth and fifth amendment rights were not violated by the FBI getting a search warrant for something. They had a search warrant for his cell phone and seizing that item. Uh, he was not, he did not have his rights violated in all of that. I showed my outline the other day on stream, but this is what it looks like. I, I write these outlines like the, the a couple days before I do the stream and I just kind of bold the titles and then I put specific points down that I want to hit. So this is the first sentence that I'll say right here. And it kind of gets me into a, a, a movement to help me figure out where to go next with it. This is the, the, this is supposed to remind me of which video I'm talking about in the, the brackets here. And this is the idea that I want to express about it. So anyway, first sentence will be Mike Lindell had his phone seized by the FBI. We'll see where it goes from there. Next, we're going to talk about QAnon representative Dave Hayes, a.k.a. The Praying Medic, coming up with creative ways of justifying full-blown insurrection against the U.S. government. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. QAnon has been making a comeback lately, unfortunately. If you guys are unfamiliar, this is on the right here. It's the Praying Medic is what he goes by. His name is Dave Hayes. And he is what's known as a QAnon interpreter. So QAnon isn't really a religion exactly. It is a cult, a political cult. It's not a religion in the sense that it has prophets. Now, there are prophets that are a part of it. It has religious elements, but it itself is not a religion. Instead of prophets, I would say they have QAnon interpreters, and that's what this guy is. He's a QAnon interpreter. He goes through all of the posts that this guy that calls himself Q Clearance Patriot puts up on 8chan, which is just some forum, some website. So this guy, Q Clearance Patriot, puts up these posts that are cryptic and weird and confusing and don't make any sense. And the interpreters come through and they try to make sense of just this nonsensical garbage. It's just a full-blown conspiracy theory. That's really what it comes down to. Well, this guy made his name from interpreting the Q posts. That's what he is all about. That's how he got famous. He's got hundreds of thousands of followers on Telegram and other platforms, Rumble and stuff like that. So QAnon went away for a couple of years. Like after Trump lost the election, QAnon kind of disappeared into the ether, but they returned recently. And the praying medic dusted off his keyboard and started talking about politics and QAnon and all that stuff all over again. So I wanted to talk about some of the more recent 
things that he's said about the QAnon movement. This is early September 2022. He went on this Facebook page with 400,000 followers on it to talk about QAnon and, and various other things. Listen to what he had to say here. Q doesn't come right out and tell us uh, what is going to happen. Q gives us hints and clues. Go research this. Go look into that. Dig, up, dig over here uh, and give us some questions about people, places, and events and expect us to do our own research and come to our own conclusions. And I think that's what the Lord does a lot. The Lord will give us some information and then expect us to fill in the dots, connect the dots, and come to our own conclusions, right or wrong. Because the Lord uh, it, it doesn't want to control what we think. He wants us to be able to think for ourselves. With his help, cues the same way. Wow, there's a lot there. That is absolutely fascinating. So like I said, Q is this, just some guy. And we suspect that it's a guy named Ron Watkins. He's actually running for Arizona, or he's running for, was he running for? I forget now. Okay, he was running for U.S. House Arizona District 2. I think he's trying to get into the House of Representatives, Federal House of Representatives in Arizona. He got 3,000 votes total. He got 4% of the vote in the Republican primary. So he's not going to be a House member, but this is the guy. This is Q. This is the big famous poster, the Q clearance patriot that's, you know, supposed to be an insider, have all this secret information and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that's who this guy is talking about, Dave Hayes, when he talks about Q, when he says that Q and God have a lot of things in common. This guy right here. My name is Ron Watkins and I am not a politician. I am an entrepreneur and I'm a computer scientist. We have to send a fighter, and I am your fighter. I am fighting for you. If you send me to DC, you will know that I will be fighting against this evil, and I will make sure that we drive them back, and I will make sure that your rights are, are kept. Respected, protected, could have gone with a lot of things. He chose kept, but okay, I'm not Ron. I guess everybody's got their own thing. Anyway, that's, that's Q. That's the Q poster. We're very, very confident based on artificial intelligence, writing analysis, and all kinds of different things. We've come to the determination. Plus, I've been following this movement for a long, long time, and so have many other people. And the determination that the my predecessors who've been following this even longer than I have have come to is that that guy is Q. Very confident of that. Anyways, the point is the praying medic is convinced that Q and God operate in the same way. And if that isn't deeply, deeply blasphemous, I don't know what is. Comparing some random Q poster to God. Absolutely fascinating how this guy's wheels spin. Aside from that, when you think about it in the cold light of day, I guess they are kind of similar, right? You're supposed to take some weird cryptic posts that that mean nothing ultimately and make something out of it come up with some interpretation that you think that the guy could mean based on the things that he said in the same way a lot of christians a lot of especially evangelical extremists will take the bible take a single verse out of it and find some way to twist that verse around to mean something completely 
different than what it actually meant. So in some ways, I suppose they're similar. I'll give him that. That's not all he had to say, though. Dude was on a roll in this interview he did with the Elijah List Facebook page. Listen to what else he had to say here. I think it's going to come down to uh, a decision where President Trump is going to have to get the assistance of the military. Wow. Trump's going to have to get the assistance of the military to take office again. Fascinating. I mean, he's not talking about winning the election. He's talking about Trump going in right now and kicking Biden out. That sounds like a military coup to me. Is it just me? That sounds like a military coup. Get the military to go in and kick the duly elected president out. Hell, kick any president out, any at all. And that would be considered a military coup. Removing an existing president from power and putting a different one in place. Uh, that's just my belief. I'm not talking about a military coup. Yeah. I'm talking about uh, my, my belief is that President Trump devolved the federal government before mm -hmm. he left office. And if he devolved the government, and if the 2020 election was actually stolen, and especially if it was stolen by a foreign country like China, it was an act of war, and we do not have a constitutionally elected president right now. What? Okay, wow, that's a lot. So he says it's not a military coup, though the military would, in his mind, would be going in to remove the existing president from power and install a different president. That It's not a military coup in his mind because he's not the rightful president. Does this guy not understand that this is how coups work? Inspire doubt? Seed doubt in people's minds of the legitimacy of this person's office? seed enough doubt in him that you can justify replacing him with a military operation. Does he not realize that that's how it works? That's what a military coup is in the first place? Yeah. If we don't have a constitutionally elected president, we're in a We've been in a constitutional crisis for a long time. It's well, and that's how... But that's not what a constitutional crisis is. Hang on. Let, let me just look this up to be sure. A constitutional crisis is a situation in which a major political dispute cannot be clearly resolved on the basis of the particular government's constitution or established practice. So a constitutional crisis would be like, the constitution does not clearly state what we're supposed to do in this situation. Or somebody violated the constitution by you know, taking away someone else's rights or ignoring the, you know, Trump just refuses to leave when Inauguration Day comes along or something like that. And what do you do? That would be a constitutional crisis. I think he's using this wrong. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. Is he using that phrase correctly or not? We've been in a constitutional crisis for a long time. It's well, and that's how you're saying that's how it's not possible for it to be a coup if the right. military steps in, it's more, right. it's more a description of, I don't know what, what words you use, but it's not a coup. It's not a take. It's not a coup. Because yeah. a coup is when the military removes a duly elected right. president. Yeah, see, there it is. There's the kicker. There is his justification for running his military coup, for running a full-blown insurrection against the United States government, for replacing 
the existing government with the government that you want. Your justification is the government isn't legitimate, so I'm just going to put the one that I want in. This is how democracies fall, by the by. This is how it works. Seed doubt in the electoral system, in, in, in the electoral process, until people are, are revved up enough to do something about it, to riot. There was a, a massive night of riots called the Night of Glass, in World War II Germany. People got revved up enough over whatever thing. I think at the time it was an assassination of some foreign dignitary or something like that that justified it. This is an example of the praying medic, Dave Hayes, QAnon interpreter, trying to rev people into a situation where they would be willing to justify and accept a full-blown military coup against the U.S. government. Absolutely disgusting, man. Michael Flynn is actually pretty influential in the QAnon movement, too. He has been for a long time. Actually, he's been influential in the QAnon movement since before this, but it really became official when he gave the QAnon oath on on his phone. Like, he streamed it and, and posted it to different social media platforms and stuff. July 2020 is when he did this. Now, in his defense, I'm just saying, to me, it sounds like the QAnon oath. Sounds exactly like it, matter of fact. Around this time, a bunch of people were taking the exact same oath that they claimed was the QAnon oath. That's what they called the oath that they took, the QAnon oath. Despite the fact that the words that are coming out of Michael Flynn's mouth are the exact words that are in the QAnon oath, Michael Flynn says... This is just a nice, clever little oath that's not related to QAnon in any way that he decided to say just because he likes saying it. Just want to put that on record. So he goes out there and he says this oath that sounds, well, exactly like the QAnon oath, but apparently isn't the QAnon oath. July 2020. Listen to him say this oath with his whole family. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will support and defend. That I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. So help me God. So help me God. Where we go one, we go all. Where we go one, we go all. God bless America. Yeah, so he goes out there and he says the Q... Well, I'm sorry. Says an oath that's shockingly similar to the QAnon oath, right? And by doing so, and by virtue of the fact that he was very high up in the military at the time. I mean, this guy's like a four-star general or something, right? Or a lieutenant general or something like that. He's very high up in the military. People respected him. They believed him. They listened to him. They thought that he was influential and that he was what they call a white hat. QAnon refers to members of the military who are supposedly good guys that are working to put Trump back in office and dethrone blah, blah, blah. Members of the military who believe all the QAnon nonsense, they refer to them as white hat military. It's a buzzword that they use. Anyway, by virtue of the fact that he's in the military, that made people believe that he was one of the white hat military people, right? And they listen to him. They believe him. So he goes out there and he gives this interview to a guy named Doug Billings, right? Early February, 2021. And it shot across the QAnon world like wildfire. I'll show you an example in a second. But he was trying to shape the movement and make it clear where he stood and what he wanted the QAnon people to be doing in that moment. Early February 2021, listen to his responses to the interview questions. I'm just going to ask you some questions, and I want you to just tell me if it's nonsense or if there was anything to it at all. 
Number number one, did did President Trump ever sign into action the Insurrection Act? No. Nonsense. It, nonsense. It- so QAnon is really bad about starting conspiracy theories. Obviously, the entire thing is a conspiracy theory. But Flynn, he, he realizes that. But he wants to shape their beliefs and their conspiracies around his worldview to bend it to his own will, kind of, it it seems to me. So Trump signing into law the Insurrection Act or whatever, I think that gave people the impression that things were under control. And Michael Flynn didn't want people to believe that things were under control. I mean, the QAnoners. He didn't want the QAnoners to think that. And you'll see why in a second. Keep listening. Is the United States military running the country or just doing, is that nonsense as well? More nonsense. Good, good to hear. More nonsense. There, there's no plan. There's no there are people. There's so many people out there. Is the plan happening? There's no. I mean, we have what we have, and we have to accept the the situation as it is. Okay, so Michael Flynn is basically telling QAnoners everywhere there is no plan. That is a fundamental part of the QAnon belief system, that there's an overarching plan that the White Hat military is pushing forward. And they believe that Michael Flynn represents the White Hat military, quote-unquote. So Michael Flynn coming out here and saying there is no plan, we have what we have, and we have to work with that, we have to make the plan happen for ourselves, was him trying to shape it to his own ends. There was actually a plan in the works in real life. QAnon believed that there was a plan and that there was a a storm that was about to happen, the storm. They believed all this stuff, and there really was. Donald Trump was planning the storm to happen on January 6th. That was supposed to be the storm, January 6th. And unfortunately for QAnon, luckily for America, January 6th as a plan fell apart eventually. They didn't actually get to reach the congressman like they intended to like they planned to. If they had, we would probably live in a very different country right now. But at any rate, this was a month after the storm took place on January 6th, and Michael Flynn was trying to make it clear that the plan didn't exist anymore and that people need to move forward and make the plan happen for themselves if they want something to happen. The White Hat military has disintegrated and fallen apart, and you have to take it into your own hands now. That's what Flynn was trying to communicate, right? And this was such an influential interview that Dave Hayes himself, one of the top QAnon interpreters, I'd say the top QAnon interpreter, comes out here and addresses what Michael Flynn said in that interview. Listen to this. Mid-February 2021, just like a week or something after Flynn said that. Some people have heard the interview with General Flynn, where General Flynn said that there is no plan for the military to step in. Uh, I was listening to Monkey Works, and he interviewed a guy a couple days ago. And he that guy also said, there is no plan for the military to step in and, and do anything. Well, I, I would like to suggest um, an alternative viewpoint on that. Please do. Um, if... If the military had a plan to intervene in American politics and General Flynn was aware of it, I guarantee you he wouldn't tell anybody what he knew publicly. 
You know, this is sad. Like, Flynn is supposed to be the representative for the White Hat military, which is the people inside the military that are pulling the strings and making things happen. And the dude is refusing to just take him at face value because he's such a conspiracy theorist that he has to think that there's some secret to every single thing that he hears. For operational security. Like, come on, man. Come on. Sometimes people just mean what they say at face value. It's ridiculous. So here's my point. Michael Flynn is extremely influential in the QAnon movement and has been since day one, basically. Okay. As far as I'm concerned, Michael Flynn is a spy and a traitor to the U.S. government. And he communicated. This is all documented in a court of law. He communicated with Russia against the wishes of the president at the time. He communicated with Turkey and was taking money for various different projects that she that he was doing for Turkey without telling the U.S. government that he's a traitor. He's a traitor to the U.S. government, straight up. But he's extremely influential in the QAnon movement. So mid-August 2022, he comes out there and he releases this video snippet to the world. Listen to this. When you see them take these dramatic, these dramatic, historic steps to do something like they did to go after a former president and a potentially future president's residence. Yeah, this is around the time that they the FBI searched Donald Trump's clubhouse or whatever for classified documents and they got a search warrant for it and everything if you're watching this five years in the future and they found a bunch of classified documents there classified to the highest security level kind of stuff you're not supposed to even have outside of a bunker or discuss outside of a bunker seriously and michael flynn decided to come out there and criticize the fbi for searching donald trump to retrieve those sensitive documents it's because they're losing, we're winning, and they know it. So anyways, he has been trying to entrench himself in the movement for a while and largely succeeding. This one's from mid-July 2022, where he just comes out here and spouts off all kinds of nonsense. Listen to this. He's on the same show we were watching earlier, which is The Elijah List, 400,000 subbies on Facebook. About 75 to 80% of the constitution is is created and i and i use that word specifically is created he's implying that god wrote the constitution by uh, the bible itself declaration of independence yeah. and the uh, and the bill of rights right i mean the 10 bill of rights like i say the i'm sorry what declaration of independence and the bill of rights were created by the bible what that doesn't make any sense at all the, uh, the, the Bill of Rights and the Ten Commandments, right? The Bill of That's Rights good. and the Ten Commandments are not in any way similar, like not at all, not even close. The First Commandment contradicts the First Amendment. The First Commandment is thou shalt have no other gods before me. And the First Amendment is you can say anything you want without fear of reprisal. Religion shall not get involved in government in any way. Really, people, it's all freedom of speech. You think the Ten Commandments believed in freedom of speech? You think the Ten Commandments gave a shit about people's right against search and seizure or unreasonable search and seizure? You think it gave a shit about anything at all? This guy lives in a fantasy land if, the, if he really believes this. I don't think he does. I think this guy knows exactly what he's doing. That's just my personal opinion. I don't know. Bill of Rights and the Ten Commandments, right? The Bill of That's Rights good. and the Ten Commandments are the promises that we make to each other. No, 
Once again, no, no, they aren't. The Bill of Rights are not the promises we make to each other. The Bill of Rights are a list of things that the government absolutely is not allowed to do. It's like a permission slip, basically, is how it works. The government is not allowed to infringe upon these very specific things, no matter what. That's the whole bit. It has nothing to do with promises we make to each other. He has no idea what he's talking about. Doesn't know anything about social contract theory. Or does he? I don't know. Maybe he does understand how this all works, and he's just making shit up. That's possible. In fact, I would say it's likely. Make to each other, when you really dig in and you, and you list and you read the, ten, the, uh, the Bill of Rights and you list and read the Ten Commandments, those are promises that we make. No, they aren't at all. And then the fulfillment of those promises, you know, are the Constitution and the and the Bible. That's how we get fulfillment of those promises. What does that what does that mean? The Bill of Rights are in the Constitution. They're constitutional amendments. Okay, so did he just say the Constitution is the fulfillment of the Constitution? I think that's what he just said. And the Bible is the fulfillment of the Ten Commandments. What is he even talking about? It's just complete gibberish that's made to sound nice. That people who are ultra-religious and or QAnon followers would love to hear. That's what it's all about with this guy. Everything that this dude says practically revolves around pleasing the QAnon crowd, making them happy with him, pretty much, or manipulating them, pushing them in one direction or another. That's so good. I, I, I kind of have learned that, I guess, in the last, uh, you know, and in, in probably the last few years. And I think partially because the more that I have studied our nation and what's happening uh, right now, what I have, what I have come to the realization of is that we, we in fact were created by uh this you know the creator right i mean it's mentioned in the uh, got you know it's mentioned it's mentioned in the declaration of independence right no it says our rights were endowed by our creator in the declaration of independence it's funny because he actually went on went on tour to campaign for a guy named jackson lemayer which I think he lost his election. He was a massive Trump supporter guy. Anyway, he went on tour to campaign for this guy, Jackson LaMayer, and while on tour said that the Constitution mentions God like nine times or something like that. Uh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't mention God at all. The Declaration of Independence mentions it once in the context of our rights are given to us not by the government, but by God. That's the way that it was framing it. But, you know, none of that nuance matters to this guy. None of it. It is all about shoving a, a Christian nationalist ideal down people's throats. That's what it's all about with this guy. Yeah. Um, so, oh, yeah, it is. Very yeah, clearly. big time. Big time. Jesus Christ, dude. I didn't actually include this one, but there's since we're on this subject. Yeah, this one came out in mid-November 2021 at the Reawaken America tour. I've talked about it a few times. It's absolutely unhinged. Listen to this. And, he's and they're talking about the United States of America. Talking about the United States of America, because when Matthew mentioned it in the Bible, he wasn't talking about the physical ground that he was on. He was talking about something in the distance. So if we are going to have one nation under God, which we must, we have to have one religion, one one. One nation under God and one religion under God, right? All of us together, working together. Full-blown Christian nationalist. The guy 
is doing everything he can to destroy the line between church and state, everything that he can, and push QAnon in directions to his own ends. Deeply, deeply disturbing stuff. Let me know what you think of this guy. Is this guy malicious? Is he setting out to manipulate the situation to his own ends? Or is he roped into this just as much as the praying medic is here? Let me know what you think in the comments or on Twitter at Telltale Atheist. Next, we're going to talk about Pastor Andrew Womack claiming that he knows somebody who knows somebody who comes to school wearing a fursuit and uses a litter box at the front of the classroom. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. As I'm sure you could probably tell from the thumbnail, there's this pastor who has gone completely off the deep end at this point. This guy's name is Andrew Womack, and I'm going to introduce you to him. But before I do, let me show you the clip that I'm talking about when I say he is obsessed with furries. Listen to this, mid-September 2022. A friend of mine in Illinois actually knows a teacher that comes to uh, school as a furry and wears ears and a tail and uses a litter box at the front of the classroom to relieve himself. I'm sorry, I'm just having trouble believing this. This is absurd on so many levels, I don't even know what to do with it. Oh my God, that's nutty. You may actually know who this guy is because I've covered him before. He's famous for this little clip right here. This is mid-January 2022. This is probably the clip that, that really kicked it over the edge for me, made me realize that he is all in for money and pretty much nothing else. I tell you, partnership in the gospel is the greatest thing you can do. When we get to heaven, I can guarantee you there's not a single one of you that's going to be saying, I wish you hadn't have encouraged me to give so much and that I'd have got my fifth flat screen TV and that I would have had more jewels and fancier clothes and a nicer car. All that stuff will be gone. It's only what you invest in the kingdom that is going to benefit you for eternity. You're going to come up to me and hug my neck and kiss me and say, thank you, thank you, thank you for getting that money out of my pocket. I mean, seriously, is it any, does it get any more on the nose than that? This guy is so obviously in it for the money, it seems to me. I mean, this is just my personal opinion here. So where did this whole bit about furries come from? Like furries in the classroom and teachers and all this stuff? As it turns out, I actually tracked this down recently because there's another guy I was talking about that apparently believes that like people think they're squirrels and thinks it's a big enough problem in society that he needs to address it from the pulpit. So I tracked this down. Like, where is all this coming from that people think that there are furries going to classrooms or, or whatever else? And I traced it back to this school board meeting in... Midland Public Schools in Michigan, Midland, Michigan, late January 2022. This woman named Lisa Hansen goes up there during the school board meeting and gives this talk. Listen to this. It was addressed by a child uh, a couple months ago, 
that they are put in an environment where there are kids that, are, that identify as a furry, a cat or a dog, whatever. And so yesterday I heard that at least one of our schools in our town has a, in one of the unisex bathrooms, a litter box for the kids that identify as cats. Really? Okay, interesting. Well, tell me, which school, which district, which kid, which bathroom? Let's figure this out. Let's investigate. Would you be surprised to find out that this is completely made up? This is fabricated. This isn't real in any way, shape, or form. I don't know if she got this off Facebook. I don't know if she made it up herself, but it was made up by somebody. Somebody fabricated this issue that doesn't exist and started to outrage about it. And um, I am really disturbed by that. And I, I will do some more investigation on that. I know it's going on nationwide. I know it is. It's part of the agenda that's being pushed. I don't, I don't even want to understand it. But I think that people need to be aware of it because I am really upset as a parent that my child is put in an environment like that. And, um, you know, I'm all for creativity and imagination. But when someone lives in a fantasy world and expects other people to go along with it, I have a problem with that. So I'm just putting that out there. I will investigate more. Glad that old Lisa Hansen is on the case, going to get to the bottom of it. Would you also be surprised to find that we never heard from Lisa Hansen about her investigation ever again? It was completely made up at the time, and it's completely made up now. It is an embarrassment to me. I mean, this, this guy isn't nobody. Andrew Womack has a show on the Victory Network on, like, DirecTV and Dish Network and all of them. He's not a nobody. He's a televangelist. He's extremely influential, has a lot of listeners. And he's out here telling his gullible sucker of an audience that there are teachers that show up and use a litter box at the front of a classroom. Front of the classroom to relieve himself. Seriously. Ridiculous. How are people this gullible? You could tell them just about anything and they would believe it at this point. But Trump supporters and, and the far right in general, they're kind of primed that way now, aren't they? It's like it was a goal. It wasn't a, a means to an end. It's like it was an end in itself. Stripping away their skepticism layer by layer until there's nothing left, until they will believe literally anything that they're told. And that's how we get things like this right here. This is a private Trump channel on Telegram. It's got 250,000 subbies on it. And they're just like a billion examples. Like every, at least once a day, you see these posts on this private Trump Telegram channel with 250,000 followers. Trump's golden ticket broke all records. More than 2 million tickets sold in the first day. Unfortunately, these are the last 10 hours. Only 150 tickets left. This is the last time you'll be able to order them. There are no golden tickets. It's a scam. You spend $300 on these pieces of gold foil or gold-colored foil with the assumption that they're going to pay out $1,000 minimum for every five tickets you purchase. Some of them pay out $100,000 per ticket. So if you buy, say, 1,000 of them or, or 500 or, hell, 10, 15, 20 of them, you're guaranteed to make money off of it. The goal was to, to strip skepticism from these people and fleece them for every penny they own and that's what we're watching happen right in front of our eyes right now to these trump supporters this is not the first time that this guy has blatantly and flagrantly lied or not told the truth about something listen to this early september 2022 this is recent listen to what he had to say here about the constitutional convention 
The uh, Constitutional Convention uh, decided to have prayer to open up the Constitutional Convention. And they no, they didn't. They uh, asked this uh, Presbyterian preacher to preach, and I was, I mean, to pray, and I just read some of the statements by the people that were there, John Adams and others, saying they'd never heard anything like it. So the people who wrote the Constitution and put in the Bill of Rights that is often calls, called the... Um, establishment clause and all of these kind of things. They say that that means there's a separation of church and state. And yet the very people who wrote those things started all of their meetings with prayer. No, no, they didn't. They did not start their meetings with prayer. The, you think the people who wrote the establishment clause, there will be no religion involved in government. You think that they started the meeting with prayer? Dear God, I pray that you oversee our writing of this constitution. Okay, now let's write down religion shouldn't be involved in government at all. You've got to be kidding me. What's going through this dude's head? This is complete. This is a complete lie. They did not open their meetings with prayer. First of all, who John Adams, I think he mentioned a minute ago, he was one of the few pretty religious early figures in American history. Thomas Jefferson was not religious really at all. Thomas Paine wasn't really religious. There were a lot of people in the beginning that really were not religious at all. In fact, I think there's only one pastor who was involved in the signing of the Constitution or something like that. I don't even remember now. It's been forever, so I, I would have to look it up. Anyway, the point is the guy constantly spreads misinformation about every subject he brings up. And it, he also has deep issues with the LGBT community. So would you be surprised to find that he spreads misinformation about the LGBT community too and finds the most underhanded, weaselly ways to accomplish his goals when it comes to the LGBT community? Check this out. Early April 2022, dude is talking about sending spies into schools. Listen to this. I sent a spy into our public school system to check out what the books are. And I got a list of, I think it was 54 books in the Woodland Park school system. And this is a small place, 7,000 people in the community. And there's 54 homosexual books that we know of. All right, what does that even mean, homosexual books? Does that mean books that have any degree, uh, like any mention whatsoever of like a gay character or something like that? How did he come to that conclusion? Why does he even care? This is the crowd that is burning books and banning them. This guy and his congregants. He He's a megachurch pastor, although I don't think... Megachurch probably isn't the right word. I think he does run a megachurch, but it's more like a... I don't know, like a church conglomerate? I'm not sure what the right word. It's like a collection of churches. And he runs a TV show where he preaches in front of a humongous audience every day and all that stuff. He's extremely influential. He's doing everything he can to get the LGBT community out of his community, trying to make it impossible for LGBT people to just exist in society. And I got a list of that. And I've got people that are on my staff that go to every school board meeting. And as soon as we get them looked at so that we can defend what we're saying, we're going to stand up in the school board. We also ran and we now have a number of our Karis graduates that are on school board and we've got Christians in places and praise God, we're seeing things change. 
This is deeply disturbing, man. This is, this should be an example of why you should be going to school board meetings too. Go to school board meetings, go to vote in every election all the way up from the school boards to the president. You should be voting in every single election. It is paramount. Dude's anti-trans too. Is anybody surprised by that one? This, this came out 2021 and he decided to espouse some pretty disturbing opinions on the LGBT community once again. Listen to this. You know, this is something that's very politically incorrect and will be... Uh... Wait, do, is it politically incorrect or is it simply incorrect? Because I'd be willing to bet it's just incorrect. Uh, a lot of people will find this to be upsetting, but I tell you, the things that are happening in our nation, it is a doctrine of the devil. Mm. It's not just people with a different opinion. Here we go. It's not just some people have a different uh, take on things. It is literally doctrines of the devil. They are taking children as young as four and five years old and telling them that you were born in the wrong body. You're actually a woman in a man's body or a man in a woman's body. Who's they? He says they are taking kids as young as four and or five. Who? Who's doing this? Give me an example, specific example. Name the people. Point them out to me. Tell me what their names are and where they are and what they're doing and what, what they do for work and all that stuff. Tell me who you're talking about. This is something called weasel words. When somebody vaguely gestures to some ambiguous authority, some amorphous they out there in the ether who is pulling all the strings and doing all this bad stuff to people under cover of darkness. Like, they can never identify exactly who's doing this stuff. They just point to they. Who is it, Andrew? Who's doing this? The answer is nobody's doing this. It's made up. And they are surgically altering them and giving them hormone blockers and stuff. Four and five-year-olds? No, no, nobody's doing that. Nobody has ever done that in the United States. I'm telling you, this is not just a different opinion, somebody that has a little different way of looking at things. It is a doctrine of demons. Mm -hmm. It is demonic. And the people who are doing it are being influenced and controlled by the devil. These are doctrines of demons that a man can just choose to be a woman. He can choose to go into a woman's, woman's restroom because he feels like a woman today. And no, that's completely inaccurate. People have no idea how much work it, it takes to get legitimately recognized in society as who you are. You can have your birth certificate changed, have the sex on your birth certificate changed. I'm sorry, have the gender on your birth certificate changed from man to woman or male to female or whatever else. That's doable. And guess what? That process is not short or easy. You know why people do it? Because there is an overriding feeling that something is not right. And that feeling has been there for a long, long, Long time just like you couldn't put on a dress and go to the office one day they don't feel like they could put on a pair of pants one more day of their life this isn't some decision that people make arbitrarily or lightly this is something that people live with for years this isn't them questioning their identity or wondering who they are by the time they're using the opposite bathroom this is them very sure of exactly who they are this guy just doesn't like the decision that they've made for themselves in their own personal life. 
I what happened to being the party of freedom? What happened to being the party that just wants to live and let live and just uh, I thought they were all about lower taxes and freedom. What happened? They never cared about freedom. They certainly don't care about freedom now. What they cared about was imposing their will on other people at any cost. restroom because he feels like a woman today. That is nothing but an excuse for perverts. It's wrong. It is a doctrine of devils. And I know a lot of people can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm not saying anything that the Word of God isn't saying. He's acting like, you know, he, he's acting like, okay, what he's doing here is saying something that his entire audience would agree with completely and then acting like it's completely out of the ordinary and a crazy and wrong thing to say. He's it, By doing so, this is a method of propaganda. He's trying to make people feel like the left or society in general has moved way, way, way further out from where they used to be. Like everything is absolutely crazy and upside down right now. That's why he's saying this. I know people won't be able to believe I'm saying this and all that stuff. It's just another attempt at propagandizing to people, plain and simple. Anything that the word of God isn't saying. It is demonic and it is a doctrine yeah. of the devil. Now I will admit this, there are some people who are being influenced by just going with the crowd. They are just following the flow and they may not be demon possessed and they may not be themselves being totally controlled by the devil, but it is a doctrine of the devil. They are following that. But I think that a lot of the people who are in the leadership of this, they know exactly what they're doing. Great, let them do it. Why do you care? Let them live their life. Let them be possessed by Satan if they want. Some would say that I'm on Satan's payroll, right? I'm doing Satan's dirty work for him. I'm out here pushing for Satan to succeed in converting all Christians to atheists or whatever. I don't know, just making something up here. Some would say that I'm on Satan's payroll. Do you want to deconvert me? And if so, why? Let me stew in my own misery if that's what I want to do. Who cares? Let people live their lives. I don't understand. Why does he want to poke his nose in everybody's lives so badly? Does he not have anything better to do? Couldn't he shepherd his own flock? Does he think that his churchgoers are trying to transition? Does he think they're trying to transition? These are the most conservative of the most right wing of the most evangelical out there. These people are not trying to transition. Why isn't he shepherding his own flock? Why isn't he talking to them about parables from Jesus, prodigal son and all that other junk and striking the fig tree that didn't produce any figs or dates or whatever the hell it was? Why isn't he talking about all that? Why is he focusing in on what other people are doing? Why is he zeroed in on my life or your life or whoever else's life? My question is, why does he want to f with us? Why can't he leave us alone? I have some thoughts on why, but I'm going to keep them to myself. I'll let your imagination run wild with it. LGBT issues are by no stretch of the imagination the only thing that he rails about constantly. This is from mid-November 2020, so it's right after the election took place. It was determined that Biden won. We had counted up the votes, and Trump had no path to victory at this point, right? So he comes out here and loses it. I heard a leader in the body of Christ say that God sovereignly puts in the president. And so if, if Biden winds up being the one, then God is the one who put him in. And man, I just hate that. 
I love it. Uh, I think that this is one of the guys who actually prophesied that Donald Trump is going to win the election, the 2020 election. And when Trump lost the election, he had to come up with all kinds of ridiculous excuses and nonsense for why he was wrong. Just hate that. I disagree with that 1,000%. And let me just give you one scripture that if you believe the Bible, it disproves that. That's Hosea chapter 8, verse 4, and it says, And they have set up kings, but not by me. They have made princes, and I knew it not. I mean, right there, the Lord just clearly says that I wasn't a part of you putting this king in. I'm not. Wait, did, did he think that the book of Hosea was talking about America in that verse? I mean, what was the verse talking about at the time? I assume it was talking about some political structure that existed in that time, in that place or whatever, right? Did he think it was talking about America? It sounds to me like he's just making up excuses for why he thinks that Biden might not be protected by God or whatever. Bizarre. Not the one who put that prince there. God doesn't put people in who are going to kill and expand the killing of babies by the millions each. Wait, weird. Why wouldn't he? That's actually biblical. Abortion? That's totally biblical. Yeah, God is actually in favor of abortion. I don't know if you guys knew this, but Numbers 5, 11 to 22, I've memorized the verse because I pulled it up so many times, specifically says that you should get an abortion if you think that your wife was unfaithful to you. Send her to the priest. He will give her this concoction that will induce a miscarriage if she was unfaithful to you. So what are you, what, what's this guy even talking about? God is not in favor of abortion? He absolutely 100% is. Now this guy's going off script. Now he's espousing unbiblical ideas. I mean, he's been doing this this entire time. The Bible says, judge not lest ye be judged. Love your neighbor as yourself. And all this dude does is rail against what other people do in their personal lives. Rail against how evil others are and how we need to find a way to stop them from doing those things. Instead of leaving people alone and letting them live their own lives. You know why, ultimately? Because he wants this to be a Christian nation. He is a Christian nationalist. He wants people to live the way that he wants them to live or not live at all. That's the position that he has historically taken. And he is so bent out of shape that Trump lost the election that he's going to come up with all kinds of excuses to explain it away and explain that Biden isn't ordained by God and that he wasn't chosen by God and he doesn't belong there and all of that other nonsense. Of course, that's the kind of guy Andrew Womack is. You know, this kind of guy right here. A single one of you that's going to be saying, I wish you hadn't have encouraged me to give so much and that I'd have got my fifth flat screen TV and that I would have had more jewels and fancier clothes and a nicer car. All that stuff will be gone. It's only what you invest in the kingdom that is going to benefit you for eternity. You're going to come up to me and hug my neck and kiss me and say, thank you, thank you, thank you for getting that money out of my pocket. That's Andrew Womack. That's who the guy is. That's what he believes fundamentally at his core. He's all about taking money from gullible suckers, controlling other people's lives, 
no matter what it takes, getting homosexuality out of the classroom, quote unquote, whatever that means. It means banning books, ultimately, and denying that Biden actually did win the election, that he did win. That's Andrew Womack for you. The guy has done untold amounts of damage to society, and it's absolutely disgusting. If you disagree with me on anything that I've said about him tonight, let me know in the comments or on Twitter at Telltale Atheist. Sherry Makes Stuff, re furries in Midland, Michigan schools. I'm from the next town over. It was ridiculous when it came out, and it's ridiculous now. Midland is super conservative and isolated culturally. That doesn't surprise me at all. People will make up anything they can to demonize their political enemies. Unfortunately, that lie stuck. People ran with it. They believed it. It, it made national news. Honestly sad. Honestly sad that people are so gullible that they will believe just about anything at this point. They're gullible enough that they're willing to believe in Trump bucks or golden tickets. I mean, Trump hasn't even announced this from anything, but you know how people get around that? The whole golden ticket thing that Trump hasn't even announced? They fake his voice. Somebody pretends to be Donald Trump talking about Trump bucks, and they overlay it on top of like some Fox and Friends thing. It is golden, and every bill... Are you listening? Pay attention. This is very important. The Trump golden $1,000 bill is something that I made to financially help all Americans, everyone, including you. The bill is amazing, okay? It is golden, and every bill has its very own serial number. It's true. America will be wealthy again, folks, okay? And every true patriot... Even everyone in the QAnon forums, every true patriot must own at least 100 Trump bucks because production, my friends, is like Nancy Pelosi's vocabulary, very limited. So get your Trump golden $1,000 bill before we run out completely. The TRB system is active starting in September, so... Doesn't even sound like Trump. It's absurd that anybody would believe it, but this kind of thing is working. You know, they, these people do believe it, as a matter of fact. It's sad, but it's true. They buy it. They eat it up. They are being fleeced for every penny they own because their incredulity has been stripped from them completely. Their skepticism is non-existent at this point. It's sad. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, there's Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and coffee cups and stuff on there. You can also check out my other channels. I have a Telltale Unfiltered YouTube channel where I go through long-form videos like Kent Hovind's seminar series, Jehovah's Witnesses' TV show, and televangelists prophesying about politics. And finally, you can check out my social media. If you have a question for me, the best way to ask it is to tweet it at me. I'm on there all the time so check it out all links are in the description as always anyways that's all i've got for you thanks for listening